Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Haunted Heart Podcast. The Haunted Heart Podcast. And we are your hosts, Katie. And Kenny. Right on time. Right on time. On schedule. Perfectly. Mm. Always on schedule. I hope. (laughs) I hope. Are we Mm. on schedule this week? Who knows? Hmm. Debatable. We don't know. Yeah. We've kind of taken a guerrilla warfare approach to uh, (laughs) releasing episodes. So we kind of just come at you. (laughs) <laughs> randomly from all directions we're just trying to keep it fresh you know surprise you yeah keep it tell fresh. you that we're gonna be but we'll see you next week but then don't you know what i mean it just just like an know. absentee father exactly you know keep you on your feet it's the brand would you say that our brand is that of an absentee father oh, who's a- left the house to go to the store for cigarettes a thousand percent yeah i'm gonna go get cigarettes i'll be back <laughs> nope Still waiting. Still waiting. Still. Still. Still waiting. waiting. I like my dad telling me, I'll take you. How about we go fishing next weekend? Okay, cool. Mm. Still got my fishing pole. Still waiting for, I still got my fishing (laughs) pole right over here. It's got cobwebs on it. Still waiting. (laughs) Still waiting. You don't even like fishing. Um, actually. Do you? I quite like fishing. I actually do. I am actually quite adept at fishing. For compliments? Or for actual like trout, both bass fishing, definitely bass fishing. We should go fishing. Why haven't we gone fishing? I don't know. I actually really, I haven't been fishing in a long time, but it's one of the very few like memories that I do have with my, with my dad, um, who actually did teach me how to fish. The only thing he taught me how to do. Um, huh. well, <laughs> really? you know, if, and if you teach man to fish, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> If you teach a man to fish, maybe it doesn't turn out to be a homosexual, but mm, it didn't work. It didn't work didn't out, work. did it? You see, didn't homosexuals can fish now. Yes, we, we can. repealed that law. <laughs> we can back. fish for lots of things. <laughs> Definitely. Fishing uh, for an opener at present. Yeah. Uh, fishing would be the same as like hosting, I imagine. How so? This seems deep. And <laughs> in, in like a, not that I have ever. I've never used a dating app mm-hmm. because those weren't a thing yeah. before I got, you know, linked up or cuffed, as they say. Cuffed. Is that what the children say nowadays? Is that what know. they say? Well, it's like now we're in cuffing season right now, right? So like where you cuff yourself to someone for the cold, lonely, like winter nights. I'm sorry. I'm an 89 year old woman, so I don't understand any of that lingo. I believe the children call this season cuffing season. So during the fall and winter months when things are dark and, you know, depressing and you're sitting at home and, you know, you're going through that tub of Neapolitan ice cream mm-hmm. uh, while watching Netflix, you have someone to enjoy it with you. Right. 
Okay. And then when the spring and summer comes around. Then it's hot girl summer. Hot girl summer. Exactly. Okay. Hot girl summer. And then you're free. You uncuff yourself to, you know, go through and 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 flourish in the summertime with all of those. Uh, what's that song? The Boys of Summer? Yes. Oh, Don Henley. Mm-hmm. We love a Don Henley reference. So the Don Henley reference, I think, was a little anachronistic there. But we're going to let it pass. <laughs> um, because, again, I'm an 89-year-old woman. Yes. So that's what they do. So I would imagine that I don't really know what my fucking point was now, to be honest with you. I was starting somewhere. Well, you got cuffed because you're married. Cuffed. Yeah, you're married. I got cuffed before all of that. Before. I don't before think before all I, of that. I don't. And, but still, I don't think we're dating at people. You and I we're are not, not dating, dating at people. people. I so it wouldn't be fair. That's true. To get on it for me to get on a dating app would not be fair because looking at my photo is like. Not even a quarter of the picture. You know what I mean? Like you you really have to experience my crazy in person yes. before I will go on a date with you. Like you have to witness me have a full fucking meltdown and then and then we can go out for a drink. You know, until <laughs> it's true. just not fair. Well, I was gonna say that it was much like for me, I feel like I'm much more like a part of the Craigslist era. You know what I mean? Like that was kind of I mean, I never did that. But I mean, I think there was the Craigslist before you had like all of the before the dating apps became extremely popular. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Although I did used to love reading the like those sections of Craigslist. Oh, I still fucking do that because it's still up. Is it still up? I thought that Craigslist was like banned. I don't think you can post on it anymore. I could be wrong, but it's still uh, I think it's still up to the point that you can go read the um like mist, like just mist or whatever. The that, yeah, the mist connection section. That's my favorite. <laughs> Which actually made no sense because these people, you would read them and 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 you're sitting there thinking like you are fucking crazy. Yeah. But but also I was probably more crazy because I would go in there and be like, did anybody think of me? <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking Leo. Oh, did, I'm like did going anybody through find like, me? Yeah. yeah, me as a fucking server at Applebee's looking for an Applebee's post. Guess what? Never happened. Nobody so. missed your connection. No. That just means that, that actually, you fully connected with everybody that you've met. You just never missed a connection. I never did. It's a, It was a full 100% connection. I full, never did. Full docking mm-hmm. there. Ooh, got that. <laughs> got that. Um, so yeah, I back to coming full circle can fish do like to fish. We should go fishing. We should, we should do an episode while fishing. I don't know how that's going to work, but do an episode on fish while just fit. Just like, can you imagine like that would be incredible. Like fuck this dark studio. I mean, I love the studio, but like if we went out on a boat and like recorded an episode of this podcast Uh while we were fishing, that would be fucking incredible. I don't have a boat or know anybody with a boat, but you know, if you have a boat, email us at the haunted heart podcast at gmail.com. Nor, we want to go on it. Nor do I have a fishing rod. We want to go out into a secluded swamp marshy area with you who we've never met on your boat. I actually um, used to love to bait hooks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, That sounds very suggestive. <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you mean, and I actually hated to do that. I that was my least favorite hooks. part of when you fishing. Get, I liked to cast the line. Mm, it was my favorite part. I, I, I had a little trouble with the casting. I was a little slow at learning how to cast because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would always like 
do it wrong Fling, and then it would yeah. end up not going far. It would like fling yeah. back and like I'd have wrist. to dodge it. Mm-hmm. It's a very easy Flick motion. It's not very violent. It's just it's smooth. Is this a fishing podcast? Though? I don't know. Potentially. Are we an outdoor are we an outdoor podcast? Bass pro shops over here. We don't go outdoors. We sit in the dark and we light candles. And right now we're just sitting in the dark because we haven't lit any candles. We haven't lit any candles. But we are we're going surrounded to. by them. Yes, we do. We have several candles that we need to that we need to light that have been waiting. They have. They've been be waiting. Lit. They've been staring at us for a minute. They've been dressed and and awaiting you. Mm-hmm. We have a wealth of patrons to welcome to the family. We do. This we absolutely week. do. Uh, are you going to start it? Or am I going to start? Um, well, I feel like well, the matchbox is over here, so I guess I'll take the lead. Lead me on this here invocation. Lead me on, my darling. So. First up, we have Tara H., who is a member of the Haunted Heart Harem. And next, I have Emily Von B., who is a member of our Cannibal Cult. Ooh, she's hungry. Hungry for that cannibal coat. All right, my darlings. And I have two new family members to invoke this evening as well. We will start off with Deirdre R., who is joining our Haunted Heart Harem. And last but certainly not least, we have Kaylee J, who is a brand new member of our Stay Spooky Squad. Stay Spooky. All right, my loves, your candles are lit. They have been dressed with good intentions for health, wealth, and happiness, and they will burn beside our mics through the end of the episode but always and forever in our dark, dark hearts. Dark hearts. I always love the smell. Of matches. After. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those weird smells. Well, I don't guess it's a weird smell, but like I love that like. Well, it's a little sulf- sulfuric. Yeah. Sulfuric. Sulfuric. Definitely sulfuric. sulfuric. 100%. Um, yeah, I definitely, I love that smell. It's like one of those weird like smells that. Yeah, it's like. good. It's a good one. I mean, there's definitely, so people have asked, if we pre-record our match lighting noise, and we actually don't, it's 100% live for you every time. And we don't always get it the first time uh, either. Surprisingly. <laughs> um, but we record it live in each like match that you hear us lit light, we're actually lighting. Because there's something to that, you know, magic is all about ritual and it's all about like being present in the moment, even if sometimes the moment doesn't go the way that you intend it to, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yes. you break three matches, um, but <laughs> before you get one that works. But yeah, there's a, there's a different sort of ambiance to lighting a candle with a match as opposed to a lighter. And in, as I advance in my years, um, I have found that I much prefer to work with matches for lighting candles with intentions right mm-hmm. it just seems so much more like um present i guess foundational <laughs> what do i want to say uh to me it's more i i get what you're saying it's kind of like um it's very symbolic in a way like mm-hmm. both you know a match and a lighter kind of work in the same 
sense, right? But there's something to a match because there is, you know, you have to produce the friction and you have to, it's something that a part of you has to be able to do that, which I frequently fail at. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Which is why I'm not particularly one with a lot of, you know, different uh, occult studies and whatnots and magic and intentions and all of that, save for the one that we'll be talking about a little bit later today. But those were our invocations, and you can check them out. Uh, Not check them out, but you can check out our Patreon, and you can sign up there for as little as a dollar and get an invocation on this show, plus a backlog of content that we've posted there. Uh, And we are also making some new moves there. We are. So uh, we're sort of re I don't want to get like too bogged down in it um, because I know you guys are like start the fucking episode. But um, Patreon stuff, we're sort of changing up the way that we do things. We so when you join the Patreon, every new person who joins gets an invocation on the show. It's a thing that we've done ever since we started the show, ever since we started the Patreon rather. So everyone who joins, regardless of whatever tier you join at, gets an invocation on the show. And then according to the tier that you join, details are on the Patreon, you get um, different free merch when you join. And then going forward, you get access to the entire backlog of content, but you'll get one Netflix and Kill episode and one Spooky Smut episode. There'll be extended episodes per month. Mm -hmm. So you get one Netflix and kill every month, one spooky smut every month. And then in between those two, so those are the two things you're guaranteed every month. In between those two, we might drop like random shit that we feel like doing like a drinking game or if we felt like doing like a tarot reading or something like that, we'll, we'll drop kind of extras in there. But at minimum, you will get one Netflix and kill and you'll get one spooky smut reading per month. And those will be along the lines of our normal episodes, like an hour long or so. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're kind of, we're, we're, our goal is to kind of have more steady content for the Patreon. Cause I think, you know, I mean, Patreon knows, um, the, the backlog is actually, the backlog of content is actually pretty big, but in recent, you know, weeks we've sort of been working on a restructure to kind of like make things a little more consistent, make things a little Mm -hmm. bit more structured, Obviously, we both have day jobs that we work. And so we want to we want to make sure that we're consistent for you guys. But we also are not like totally burnt out and dead because it's not fun when we're burnt out and dead. Mm-mm. And they know that for anybody. <laughs> it's not fun for anybody. It's not fun to listen. to. They know that. They know that. <laughs> they do. They do. So um, really excited about that. So check out the Patreon if you're interested. It's patreon.com slash the haunted heart podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just slash the haunted heart. It's but just slash the haunted heart. You can find us, girl. <laughs> but we're there, and that's the pitch for the show. We there are there. Yes. All right. Episode's over. No. And goodbye. And cut goodbye. You in a, a, cut you in at a tight 17 minutes. And goodbye. No. So I am very interested to hear you talk about today's particular topic. Really? It is something that interests me. So it's it interests me because it is very much outside of my particular, I don't want to say brand, but my particular sphere of magic and the occult and the things that I sort of engage with. Um, This particular topic is not something that I practice, nor do I, I mean, I know a bit about it, but not, not as a practitioner, I guess, not from that perspective. And I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you are actually, I can tell you. I'm nervous and I'm nervous because it's, 
I don't know. The subject is really just something that it's because it's been like really, it's been something that's really personal. It's hard for me to like, I really debated about like, do I want to just not talk about this and do something different? But I just decided to go ahead with it. Um, Yeah. Love it. I believe in you. But we're going to talk about it today. I'm going to get into a little bit of information and stories and history about tarot reading and tarot cards. Cartomancy, if you will. Cartomancy. Cartomancy. See, I think if I uh, worked with tarot, I would market it as cartomancy. Cartomancy. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, It is something that I had been interested in. I, I was interested in it for a while several years ago and it's something that I was just like oh this would be cool but I didn't know if I wanted to like jump the gun and then like buy like and you know and get into it or get involved in it mm-hmm. um just because things that are very in the realm of like the occult or or magic whatnot um supernatural a lot of that is not something that I connect with mm-hmm. and we not have- saying that I don't like not. And when I say connect, I mean in a way that I feel like I would work with, you know what right. I mean? Like I don't feel like there are some people and there are certain people who work with, you know, deities and things and some that don't, you know, you have all these different mm-hmm. forms of, of like witchcraft and different types of, uh, you know, like Wicca and whatnot and all of this other stuff. And they all are, really unique in their own way. And I definitely a thousand percent like respect all of it. Mm -hmm. And there are times where I'm like, Ooh, would it be cool to, you know, try to get more involved in certain things like that? But there's always a part of me. And I don't know if it's that, like, it's just that part of me that it just doesn't connect. Right. Well, I think you sometimes struggle with, you know, having had a long friendship like we have and, having had the like over 15 years to sort of observe and to talk with you about stuff like this, it seems like in order to have a connection like that, there, there is a level of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And I think with a lot of magic per se, the, the vulnerability that is demanded of you in exchange for that connection is sort of not something that you can engage with. Right. Yeah. And, and I've seen you, and working with tarot, it seems to sort of be a way that you can find that connection without, I don't know, it, it just seems it seems like that is somehow working through the cards makes it easier for you or makes it, I don't know, what would you say? I think it's because um, gives you a focal point. There's it, Yes, I was getting ready to say because to me, it's a little more tangible. Yeah than other areas mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. um it here's me in front of other areas <laughs> just like spread out right <laughs> it's just a little it's just like i said it's just a little more tangible when it comes to that. Yeah. i think that's why a, i think that's why a lot of me a lot of like who i am is closed off to certain things mm-hmm. is because it allows you to be vulnerable and that's like really like and that is like really yeah that is really tough for me well it demands because, you to be yeah otherwise and, it doesn't work and i have authority issues first <laughs> of all we all know that um really bad really bad so it i don't know it allows if there's something tangible and it just um 
there have just been things that I have experienced while working with tarot that have just sort of reaffirmed like a bit of belief mm-hmm. in it. Cause I mm-hmm. also think that that's, tr- that that's also important. Like you kind of have to have that belief in something in mm-hmm. order to be able to experience it fully. Totally. You know what I mean? Cause like I may or may not believe in an afterlife. I'm very in the middle ground with that. Right. So it's hard for me to go into like, say for example, a paranormal space or something like that. And not feel like I'm just talking to a wall. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I've had some experiences with it and it just kind of, and it, and it started out, my journey with tarot actually started out in a rather curious way. So there are um, many different beliefs when it comes to being a reader or, you know, learning how to read. And by no means, let me just preface all of this by saying I'm in no way a professional. Like I am not some like, great tarot mystic out here like I am not that like I believe that you are kind of like always learning and always experiencing new things and I don't want it to appear that like I'm claiming to I'm still very much a student of this Hmm. I'm not someone who feel comfortable going out and then like charging for my services with this or something like that you know what I mean it's very much a personal thing for me still which is also another reason why it was really hard to kind of open up to open up get vulnerable get personal um but yeah so i had started researching a little bit about tarot um for a few years and there are some people that believe that your first tarot deck should be gifted to you Mm -hmm. i've heard that yes um it's kind of like a very like kind of like an old wives thing like Mm -hmm. you know your first tarot deck should be gifted to you by somebody right um, now that's not necessarily true, but that's how I ended up getting mine, my first tarot deck. So I had been researching it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing this. I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to get my deck, maybe get a book to read about it or whatever. And I'm going to do that. Yeah. It's the fuck around and find out. Play. Right. Pretty it's much. how we started this podcast. Pretty much. Pretty much. So uh, I had made the decision. I was like, you know what? Uh, I had work the next day and I was like, I'm going to go. There was a Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. um, across the way at uh, at my shop. And I was going to go on my lunch and just go and buy one. So I go on my lunch, walk out to my car, open my car. And then there's a bag there. And inside the bag is a tarot deck <laughs> and a book sitting in my driver's seat. And I'm like, now I had already read before this that you know, your tarot deck should be gifted to you. And I was like, fuck off. I'm going to buy my own. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then literally the next day I go out to go buy my own and just there it is sitting in the front seat of my car. Turns out my husband had kind of been listening in on, on me and then went the next day, went to barn, went to the Barnes and Noble, bought the, the cards and the book and whatnot. And then snuck them and put them in my car while I wasn't watching. Love that. I love this story. It was like, it was, in the moment, I was like, whoa, (laughs) what the fuck? You got me fucked up. (laughs) I was like, what is this, like, what do you call it, that chaos, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, chaos magic? I'm going to put this out into the universe, and then I go out to my car. I, I believe that moment that I opened my car door and saw that, I think I was like, 
I think I like shut my car. You door. were like, hold up. We're not going to fuck with this. <laughs> nah, nah. Now I'm like, not going to touch them. Uh, nah. <laughs> what we're not about to do is this shit. I think I shut my car door and was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go back. <laughs> I'm just going to go back into work right now. Um, nah, lean in, lean in. Yeah. So, but turns out, uh, my husband had bought them, uh, which was really sweet. And that's how I ended up with my first tarot deck, um, which was really, really exciting. Um, and they kind of have over the years, in my opinion, developed a personality. Yeah. And I don't know if many other tarot readers will tell you this or not, but their personality is very, they're very snarky. <laughs> um, I think that's somewhat also determined by, so the, the way owner. that, correct, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that people have explained this to me, um, I, I too have a set that I was gifted and I kind of sort of dabbled in it and it just wasn't, it's just not my, I, I think for me it's too structured mm. and I am so unstructured in the way that I work. So in a, in a way, the same structure that sort of provided you what you needed to be able to engage and to, to have that vulnerability yeah. detracted from my engagement there. So I'm way less versed at it than you, but I do have a deck and I have sort of like worked with a bit. And I think the way that it's been described to me is there's a connection between the, the deck and the reader. Mm-hmm. And that connection sort of determines the the personality of the deck, the types of readings that you'll, you know, that you'll be able to get from the deck, the the mood. Yes. Um, and those things sort of are constantly in flux, but but that connection is what's sort of central to make everything sort of work. Yes, definitely. And there are, like I said, my I personally have felt that mine have developed a rather uh rather snarky personality. Mm-hmm. Um there have been times where I have just kind of have like set them down because it's not something that I do every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and there've been times where I set them down and I might not pick them up for like a month or two or something like that. And then I'll go to read them again. And then like, I will get, I don't like the full multiple times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you know, other readers might uh, interpret that in another way, but in my opinion, it's me. It's like, my deck is being like, where you at, fool? Where you been, sis? Right. Gain text back. Pretty much. Or like, I'll go to shuffle them and mm-hmm. then like everything gets like all fumbled up and then they end up falling. Like they're just, they, it, it's weird. And it, I know it's, it's, it's. They can't tankerous weird. like you. Right. <laughs> I know it's weird trying to like assign like a personality trait to something as like, you know, it's a card <laughs> from the U.S. gaming system, right? Sort of, but it's kind of like anything, anything within the realm of magic with a capital M, right, is, you know, we assign just like when we do our Patreon invocations, right? We are assigning a significance. Like, obviously, this is a candle yes, that we bought, but we've dressed it with intentions. We've layered on an extra sort of like these extra layers of identity and meaning and intention onto this object that is just an object right it's just a run-of-the-mill mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and it's the layering of those intentions that creates that magic right. per se so so anything to do with magic is you know you can look at it and just say well you know those are just bones right or those are just rocks right. if you're dealing with runes those are just rocks 
you just throw in rocks around, right? But if to somebody who has the skill, who has the training, who has that sort of mindset and intention, it's a whole lot more than just rocks. Yeah. The same way that a tarot deck is a lot more than just printed paper. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree. Uh, And there's uh, back to your point. Yeah. So there's in reading, you'll find that certain certain decks like to be read a certain way. Some of them prefer a more traditional like or more um, detailed tarot spread like a Celtic cross. Some of them read better with just like a daily spread or like a quick triple spread with your past, present, future or whatever. You'll come to find that as you work with your tarot deck more and more, like what tends to work with it, because there are times where I, you know, have read and my tried and true deck, my original one is they prefer a three card spread. Right. I've tried, tried using them for like a Celtic cross or something like that. And they just get fumbled and they just get, it becomes really cloudy. Yeah. Um, and they will just tend to work better in like a triple spread or even like a single yes or no. That's or what a, we, I think we've in working because of course, you know, with us being best friends, yeah. um, <laughs> we've done a bit with tarot, which I yeah. hope we get into tonight, but typically the three card spreads are like really spot on. And then the like yes or no questions or just one card for clarification mm-hmm. um, works really well. I, I remember we've tried to do a Celtic, a Celtic cross. And we've also tried to do um, what was the one that we did for like the months of the year? Do you remember so that, that was one? one? All right. So that was that one, one was that crazy. I actually Man, them cards I were had. But wow. <laughs> so that was one that I actually tried to invent myself yeah (laughs) so it was actually something that i tried to invent myself and it was a tarot spread and it was a very specific spread that was read that was meant to be read on new year's at the countdown yeah um and so you had 12 cards and a clock Mm -hmm. and at each second or the 12 seconds leading up to the new year Mm -hmm. you'd flip one so 12 11 10 9 8 and then you would flip it around You'd flip each card around and then each card was more like a representation of the months ahead. And through Mm -hmm. that, you could get also a vibe of what the whole year would tend to look like. And I'm not going to say that that doesn't that didn't already exist, but that was something we didn't know about. (laughs) I didn't know about it. And it was just something that putting it in the circle, flipping them at the time of the at the the time of the seconds, Mm -hmm. like exactly 12, like countdown. That was something that. I that was my intention that I put out there Mm -hmm. Um, and other people may maybe have done that. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say that I am uh, that this is proprietary, (laughs) (laughs) but it was something that I just sort of came up with. And it's still at the end of the day, just tended tended to be a little more diluted than. But also I was kind of I was also diluted, we can say. Um, (laughs) So, I, I mean, we should we should mess with that. Potentially again this New Year's. Yeah. We should we should try it again. I'm not willing to abandon the idea. I think it was cool. I was just fucked up. These cards were like, we don't fucking know. We don't know. What's going to happen. They, cards could not predict for you. anything for Sis, 2020. we can't help you. Um, uh, <laughs> Try again later. Try again. Ask again later. Try again. Magic eight ball shit. Sorry. <laughs> can't compute. Try again. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that's a little bit about my history with 
with tarot, but I also kind of wanted to give a little bit history of the tarot itself and where they come from. Well, all right, teacher. I have my notepad. History teachers. So we began seeing the use of cards as a form of entertainment in the late 14th century throughout Western Europe, mainly in France Mm. and Italy. Oh, the land of the croissant. Croissant. And in the 15th century, the Italians had developed a little game called Taroki Appropriati. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce that. I don't know. I'm not Italian. It's fine. In which players sort of dealt each other cards that had random associations on them. And then one would create a story surrounding whatever it was that they had been dealt. Kind of like how we used to do back in the old school days with MASH. You remember MASH? Yes. Very much that. We love mash, um, or or maybe even the uh, fortune teller things that you that you could make. Uh huh. Let me tell you. Oh, those that, that the little one, paper fortune that right there, one hundred percent chaos magic. Uh huh. You let love me, to see it. Let me tell you, the day that I figured out how to properly make one of those, honey, I thought I wielded the only power <laughs> in the universe. You could call me, call my bitch ass Yami Yugi, because you can tell me. That I wasn't carrying the Millennium Wide Rule Paper Fortune. Mm-hmm. Like, end all, be all. Like, crazy. It is. Those were so. Yeah. I, they were fucking fun. I want to make I want to make one. I was reading this. Oh, not reading this, but I was researching and typing all of this. And I'm like, I need to remember, go back. I, need, I like I, I pulled up, pulled up the instructions. On how to fold it? On how to fold it. I didn't yeah. do it, but I want to. We're going to do that. So we're going to do that. We're going to do that. Um, But from this, we know that even in its earliest forms, it was less about mysticism and more about entertainment or party games. Mm -hmm. And once the rich got a hold of them, they started having special cards commissioned for playing. And these, you know, would, of course, be really expensive and really ornate. Mm -hmm. And you begin to see the formation of what we now know in tarot as the major arcana. Except they called them triumph cards back in the day or trump cards. And these decks consisted of about 78 cards total and also included the suits like cups, swords, coins, sticks, whatnot, or wands as they're known today. Um, And so these families would have these made and use these to entertain whoever it was that fucking rich Italians uh, entertained in the 15th century. I'm assuming it would be other rich Italians and they were just bored as fuck. I think they were coming off the heels of the uh, Black Plague. So I don't know. Maybe this was a way to be like quarantine boredom. Mm. I can see it. I can see it. It was it was the uh, old age animal crossing, if you will. Pretty much. So clearly these were a symbol of wealth at the time. So if you had if you had some, it meant that you had money. You had that coin. And like I'm over here again, like with my fucking like years ago with my fucking um custom deck of like Pokemon cards and like because yeah. when they had those little uh when they came out with the little slip covers for the for your for yes, your cards. I remember those with the fucking binders that had like the You could get the yeah. binders or you could get or the, the free the individual Yeah, ones. the freestanding one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, very much young me with that attitude with like this fucking uh, these black metallic covers that I had on my Yu-Gi-Oh deck. You couldn't tell me shit. I got a holographic new bitch. <laughs> yes. What was the one? I, I needed a holographic ghastly. I fucking ghastly. loved ghastly. Ghastly was a motherfucker because he was um, black and purple and he looked mad. Yeah. 
thousand percent. <laughs> always mad. Always like definitely crazy. Definitely haunted heart. Mm-hmm. We need a ghastly. He's an uh, icon. He's an icon. Yeah. So then the printing press was invented. And then you started seeing some of that commercialization happening um, with these early sets of cards. And by the 17th and 18th centuries, people began assigning meaning to the symbology present in the cards. And in 1781, there was this Freemason guy by the name of Antoine who came along. Of course. Antoine. He came along with his own like published analysis of the tarot. And he believed that the symbolism was derived from these um, esoteric uh, secrets of these ancient Egyptian priests. And this all-powerful, very ancient occult knowledge had been delivered to the Catholic Church, and the and the Catholic Church was like, "Nah, we can keep this a secret." Like keep <laughs> the this Catholic on Church the low. was like, "Pass, pass." <laughs> I decline. Decline that one. Uh, but this poor guy, it didn't have any sources <laughs> at all. Mm. And this was not peer-reviewed mm. evidence, so anything, or he didn't really have anything that really kind of backed what he was saying. Do we think his name was really Antoine or do you think it was like David? Probably. Like, do you think he was just Ted from up the block? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to I'm I'm going to assume so. Yes. Okay. So this guy comes along. He's spouting off all of this. He publishes a book on the tarot and claims that all of these, you know, this comes from ancient Egyptian like secrets and whatnot, Um, you know, but doesn't have any any sources or any facts to actually back him up. But we all know that that doesn't necessarily prevent people from spreading baseless facts. Mm-hmm. Um, as we know, this Antoine guy would have probably had a field day on modern Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just a scroll in, see some sketchy article about ancient Egyptian practices as a conspiracy against the lower middle class. And bam, that share button. <laughs> that share. Share button. He hits it harder than a Florida than Florida during hurricane season. Mm-hmm. Most likely. So then this other guy comes along. He's a teacher and he's a publisher. His name is Jean-Baptiste Alliet, mm-hmm. who wrote his first book on the tarot in 1791. And he called it Atelia Ular, Ular, Lord. <laughs> Hold on. Let me try this again. Atelia Willard de Lire dans les cartes. That's a lot. You know. Meaning... <laughs> Atelia or the art of reading cards. But here's where he was slick. Atelia was just his fucking name backwards. You know, you love that to was see his it. mystical pseudonym, which yes. he got by just reversing his fucking first name. Yeah. What's mine? Let's see. <laughs> Nate, Have you what? ever tried to re- write I, your name backwards? It's a real mind fuck. Nylatok. Nylatok and Hittinic. Sounds fucking good. Mm-hmm. Nylatok. What is that going to be? The art Hit. of, I don't know, the art of trash talent. The art of the art of the ghost. Mm-hmm. I'm still working on yours. Your name is fucked up backwards. Hit. Anyway. Hittinic? Hittinic. 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 Hittinic Nylatok. That, that actually was. sounds a little like ancient Egyptian, doesn't it? Um, I don't know. Doubtful. Dubious. Do you know what ancient Egyptian sounded like? I don't know. Girl, I won't there. (laughs) I was not there. I won't there. So So interesting. So he he basically just just made that up. Yeah. Well, he he 
came up with this book mm-hmm. and um, said that he first learned divination with a deck of 32 cards designed for a game called Piquette, along with the addition of his special Attilia card. And this type of card is known as the Significator and typically stands in for the individual having their fortune read. So sometimes when you do certain spreads, you have a card that you put in um, that kind of stands as the querent, right? Okay. And that kind of stems from this guy. Hmm. So while the tarot is the most widely known, it's just one type of deck used for divination. Um, you have others that include common playing cards and so- so-called oracle decks. And Attilio eventually switched to using a traditional tarot deck, which he claimed held secret wisdom passed down from ancient Egypt. And his premise echoed the writings of our original guy who came in and, you know, essentially said, I think his name was Jibelin, who was the first guy that I talked about. Mm-hmm. So it, it echoed a lot of uh, those teachings. And he allegedly recognized Egyptian symbols in these tarot card illustrations, though hieroglyphs had not yet been deciphered because the Rosetta Stone was discovered in 1799. And many European intellectuals in the late 18th century believed the religion and writings of ancient Egypt held major insights into human existence. By linking tarot imagery to Egyptian mysticism, they gave the cards greater credibility. Hmm. So building on Jebelin's Egyptian connection, Attilia claimed that tarot cards originated with the legendary Book of Thoth, which supposedly belonged to the Egyptian god of wisdom. And according to him, the book was engraved by Thoth's priest into gold plates, providing the imagery for the first tarot deck. And drawing on these theories, Attilia published his own deck in 1789, which was one of the first designed explicitly as a divination tool and eventually referred to as the Egyptian tarot. So fast forward to 1909. The most famous and well-known tarot deck is published for the first time, the Rider-Waite, or also Rider-Waite-Smith in honor of the artist Pamela Coleman-Smith, who unfortunately doesn't get enough credit and was actually a very fascinating woman. She was an artist and illustrator who provided a lot of artwork for the women's suffrage movement and for the Red Cross during the First World War. She did a lot of theater work. This girl traveled with Henry Irving and Bram Stoker, Hmm. hung out with them. She illustrated over 20 books. Which makes sense because if you look at, I mean, not something that people spend a lot of time looking at, even though it's kind of cool. If you look at art and posters from the women's suffrage movement Mm -hmm. and you look at the Rider Waite deck, like there is a lot of like that makes I didn't know that. Yeah. But it makes perfect sense because they look very similar. This she was she was a badass. Yeah. Cool. Um, she illustrated over 20 books, wrote collections on Jamaican folklore, edited but two yeah. magazines, and even ran a press called The Green Sheath, which was dedicated specifically to women writers. Oh, she was a busy girl. <laughs> we love that. Yes. And it was even said that she had synesthesia and mm. would paint visions that would come to her while listening to music. Mm-hmm. Very much Aquarius and vibes, and indeed, she was. <laughs> hmm. Well, there you go. Um. So in 1901, she joined the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, where she met Arthur Waite, who was an American-born British scholar and mystic who sort of began his journey at the death of his sister in 1874. 
after that, he started really diving into a lot of the occult, ended up joining the Golden Dawn along with his arch nemesis, Aleister Crowley. Oh, okay. Um, who they, they famously despised each other. They did. They to did. no end. They did. I didn't even, I didn't know this. Yeah, they did. Um, there was a whole beef there. Yeah, apparently Crowley made reference to him in one of his novels by the name of Dead Weight. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm like, it's what a such sassy a read. Bitch. I'm yeah. like, man, Crowley. I was like, ooh, I was waiting. Like, I read that and I was waiting for the, the fan pop moment. I was like, yeah. ooh. And it would have been there. Crowley was a very fabulous and very snarky. I thought, snarky I was one. like, you know what? <laughs> I need Ryan Murphy to do a season of Feud about these two. That it would be actually cool. might would work. Well, except for I don't want Ryan Murphy anywhere near it. But <laughs> but a season of feud that was based on them would be absolutely incredible. Except it, for none of Aleister Crowley's <laughs> lifestyle could be shown on <laughs> network television ever. Maybe it's more of like a star series. Maybe a Skinamax series, if you will. Oh Lord, not the if Skinamax. You yeah. still went to the Skinamax. Oh, trust me, Aleister Crowley's life story. You need you need the Skinamax on. Well, I was trying to figure Honey, out. Honey, it needs to be after 11. <laughs> oh, the things that I used to watch. <laughs> so I'm over here trying to figure out. I was like, what is this beef, right? Like, mm -hmm. what is the beef? Mm -hmm. So what's the tea? Like, what's going on? Why did these people hate each other? And so I was like, you know, went to Google and I'm like, da 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 da. Why did, why did Crowley hate weight? And it's all misspelled because that's the beautiful thing about Google is that you can misspell everything and then it just automatically knows what you're talking yeah, about. It, it's like, okay, you idiot. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, did you mean this? <laughs> so I, I ended up on fucking occult Reddit. Mm -hmm. And from what I could find, there was a post from this person by the name of Freighter AVR mm -hmm. who said basically they were both good occultists that rubbed each other the wrong way. I bet on, they did. On, yeah. on the one hand, Waite was more traditional and a more respected scholar, even though Crowley said he was shoddy, and occasionally he was, apparently. I imagine he also disliked Crowley rapidly, advancing through the Golden Dawn ranks. Yeah. Most members did, um, something which took Waite longer. On the other hand, Crowley was very modern and controversial in every aspect. Yeah. At literally every In every aspect, aspect. <laughs> all of them. I don't know many dirty details off the top of my head, but if you read Crowley's book reviews of weight in the equinox, you'll see how nasty it got. Mm -hmm. They definitely did not always see eye to eye on occult matters. Yeah. Crowley was very much like the rock star of the occult. Like he was very much into um again our our slogan for this episode fuck around and find out mm -hmm. could potentially be on crowley's tombstone um <laughs> because he did in fact fuck around and find out um <laughs> he did he did he did a lot of that he did a whole lot of it yeah and i think with weight being more traditional uh, that probably did rub him the wrong way. Yeah. And it was so Crowley is a Alistair Crowley is a really interesting um, person to study in the occult. There's a really good um, last podcast on the left has a really good like mega series that they did on him and they get like really into the details. So if you haven't heard that, go check that out because it's very much it's very well researched. Mm -hmm. So both of these guys ended up publishing their own set of tarot decks and the rest is just kind of history. Obviously today there are so many different types of tarot decks and 
artwork that ranged from really technical and detailed, such as the Hermetic Tarot by Godfrey Dowson, to novelty decks that you can find in any bookstore or like random shop on the street. I went downtown like last weekend into this like sunflower whatever. Oh yeah, sunflower shack. And I was like, and then I was like, I'm like, what? Yeah, that's a cool little store. They're they're funky. So you can find these pretty much anywhere and there's so many different styles i mean you can there's like halloween tarot there's mm-hmm. and there i have other ones i my original one was a writer weight but um i have like a game of thrones one that you gave me mm-hmm. i have a really cool like tattoo like it's yeah like vintage tattoo cool. version and then i have a few oracle decks which um one is really cool because i found the artist did the paintings in blood in his own blood the cards don't have blood on them, but they are reproductions of his artwork, artwork which was, was painted in blood, which yeah. is, you know, really cool. It's pretty I was badass. Like, painted in his own blood. Sold. Will buy. <laughs> um, Will buy every time. 10 out of 10. Pretty much. Uh, so your typical uh, tarot deck is 78 cards and you it's sort of structured in two different parts. You have your major arcana, which contains your quote, greater secrets, um, your trump cards. Um, and those are 22 cards um, without any suits. So they're just standalone cards. And they range from, I'm not going to go through all of them, but they some of my favorites. You have the magician. Um, you have a high priestess, an empress, lovers, the devil, the tower, um, the world, the moon, the sun. So you have, and death, you have all of these trump cards and then you have your minor arcana which are your lesser secrets which consists of the remaining 56 cards divided into four suits of 14 cards each so these are your court cards so these are your you know king queen knight page jack whatever and the traditional italian tarot suits are your swords batons coins and cups and in modern tarot decks, you also, the batons are typically called wands or sticks, rods, whatever. And then you have your pinnacles or disc, coins, whatever. And so they each all have their own sort of sort of symbology. My personal favorite tarot card being the magician. They're all, um, they're Roman numeral. So the magician is number one. Just a personal favorite. Fucking Leo. Number Such one is my life path Leo. number, dude. Oh, it's, well, that's probably four. <laughs> have you never figured up your life path number? I don't think I have. It's numerology. What do you, yeah, it's you just add like you the, add your, the, the numbers of your birth. The numbers of your birth. Oh, hang on. Till you get a single digit. Yep. Till you get a single digit. So, Let's see. Um, yep. Individually, though, so it's like instead of doing like twenty, you would do two plus zero. You do it like that. Yeah. But how do you get it to sing? Oh, hang on. Let's see. I think I actually did this like way back, like when this was a thing. I know that I'm a I'm number one, I'm a one in the life path number. I am a fucking four. How about that? Are you really? Bitch? Yes, I am a fucking four. I just added it up. See, <laughs> there you go. Already knew my fucking life path number. <laughs> so connected. Just a chaos magician who just fucking invents it for herself. It's fine. <laughs> of course, my number is four because I said it was four. Oh gosh. What? Nothing. That was just yeah. It just. That's how that worked, didn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's how it goes. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So when I say it's fine, what I'm doing there 
because I'm actually practicing chaos magic because it will be fine. It is fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Get it's your very own It's Fine shirt at thehauntedheart.com in <laughs> the merch tab. <laughs> fine. Yes. Um, so a lot of the times when you're doing these spreads, um, your major arcana cards are typically... Uh, they're larger moments. That's mm-hmm. your that's your tarot deck trying to speak to you. Yeah. Um, they are letting you know that there is something of great importance, something They're to learn. They're yes. a little loud. That's your tarot deck being loud. Typically, my readings are very loud. Um, <laughs> yeah. Very much. Yeah. Typically, extremely, extremely loud. Just want to make sure it can be heard. So when you're when you're reading and when you pull those those major cards, it's really important for you to uh, pay attention to them mm-hmm. because it's really them trying to let you know that something is up. Key points, if you will. Highlight. Right. What was it called? Highlight. The fucking um, cliff notes. Cliff, cliff notes. notes. Okay. Exactly. Things to pay attention to. Watch this space. Exactly. And then you have with your minor arcana, you have your wands and coins and whatnot. And these typically um, relate to elements. So with wands, that is typically uh, a fire element and it classes itself as an artisan. And it sort of revolves around your creativity and your will. Uh, Coins or pinnacles is of the earth element and... They signify merchants and sort of revolve around material possessions or your body um, or anything like that. So very materialistic in reading. So if you're getting a lot of coins, a lot of the times that can mean material things. Um, A lot of the times it's significant of or a signifier of money issues, whether it be good or bad, Mm -hmm. um, any of that. Then you have your cups, which is of the water element, which typically signify members of clergy and are all about your emotions and love because, you know, water energy. Think about water signs. Um, Very emotional people, water signs. Mm -hmm. Deeply emotional. Mm -hmm. Very much. Good Lord. Don't I love them, though? (laughs) We got to love a Pisces. Jesus. Fucking still on the surface, deep waters within. Exactly. So if you're seeing a lot of cups in your readings, then that tells you that this is about, you know, more emotional, something that's really personal. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have swords, which relate to the element of air. And this is about your nobility and or it relates to members of like nobility or military even. Um, And this sort of governs reason. Mm -hmm. So anytime that you pull up any of these, the thing with, with the tarot is, is that. I think that there is a misconception that they sort of can like predict the future. Right. That it's going to tell you your future, that you're going to sit down and say, oh, you you know, right. You're going to meet exact, exactly this type of person with this color hair. And mm-hmm. the, the specificity, I think, is an assumption that a lot of people outside of the tarot community make. Yes, um, because I can't tell you the amount of times that I've had people and co-workers be like, oh, you read tarot. Right. I oh, oh, you read tarot. <laughs> Tell me my future. And want you, what am I, tell me, I want you, I want you to do a reading for me. Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) do you really want it? Because that's the thing with me. Um, a, A lot of the times it's really hard for me to, to do that because I, 
I don't want you acting on what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, and and take that what I'm trying to say as as fact. For me, when it comes to tarot reading, it is very much a sort of like a snapshot of a moment in time, right? Like, mm-hmm. here is what is currently going on. Here's what may or may not happen. But it depends on your actions as to whether or not that can come true or not. Yeah, I th- I, mean, I think it's much more of a for your consideration moment. It's not for necessarily. Your right. It's not necessarily a here's exactly what the path is. And because I think both of both you and I believe, I think I might believe a little more strongly in faith and like fate than you. But I kind of see, well, I see fate as like a tide, right? There's a general current to our lives and we can sort of, we all sort of feel that current depending on how like plugged in you are to it. It's just what I believe. But we have the agency to make our own decisions. We can swim any direction that we want, but there's, there is sort of a current, right? And I think that sort of lines up with tarot in the sense that there it's just like you said, a snapshot of where you are and it's, and it's a, for your consideration moment thing where, you know, these are the sorts of the cards that are laid mm-hmm. sort of point out these things for you to think about. It's yes. not saying, you know, if you're going to, if you're thinking whether you should take a new job or not, you're not going to go get a tarot reading and the tarot is going to tell you, yes, you should definitely take that job. It's going to make you very rich. It's going to be much more of like a possibly there could be wealth coming. Possibly there could be other elements that would balance that. Right. Um, Because I believe that the universe is always sort of looking for. um, Well, it's constantly degrading into (laughs) into um, further states of chaos. But I do think that there is a sense of balance. So the tarot is going to point out like, here's something, here's some things for you to think on and kind of meditate on as you think about making this change in your life. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's much less of a clear yes or a clear no. And if somebody is doing a reading for you and they're giving you a clear yes or a clear no, take it with a grain of salt. Think about it a little bit because it's much more anything that we're, I think anything in the realm, like it's very rare that you get a clear yes or a clear no. Yeah. And if you do, it's probably because you maybe need to look at it a little closer. Yeah. I mean, you can do like clear yes or no spreads if that's the intention, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you need to know like, okay, yes or no, is this a good idea, right? And you can interpret that in a number of ways. So for example, if you are, and yes or no readings are a great way for beginners to Um, sort of get to know their tarot deck, I always recommend that if you are new to tarot or interested in it to take a moment with your deck. Don't just jump to like the Rider weight just because that's the most popular. Yeah. And that's what you go to. Like you let it, it has to feel right for you. Right. Because there are, because if you try to force it, it's not going to work as well for you. And there are times where you may purchase a tarot deck or an Oracle card or whatever and it just might not work. Works. It might not be a good match. Doesn't click. And that's fine. For example, like my Rider weight deck doesn't necessarily like it. It's harder for it to read other people. 
Um, it's very personal and it tends to be the most accurate when I'm reading for self and for people that are reads close. me good as fuck. It reads me really well <laughs> as self and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, people that I have close relationships with. And then like, for example, the Oracle deck that I have with the, um, the one that was written in blood mm-hmm. doesn't tend to read well with me. I yeah. keep it as more of like a novelty piece. Like I have it right. So if you're interested Search around, see what works for you and go with what feels right. And don't wait for someone to buy it for you either. Like if it if it feels right, then it will be right. Right. And, you know, like I said, just in my instance, this is how it that's how I got it. I just happened to have the right or weight. And that's what happened. I think possibly the way that the whole and this is just me making shit up off the top of my head, but but it's. It seems feasible to me that the old wives tale of, you know, your first deck needs to be given to you is in giving like, for example, with you, your husband bought your first deck. Yeah. And in doing so in that exchange, there is a sort of energy loading Mm -hmm. that happens as a result of that. Right. He knew it was something that you were into. So he took the time, went out, found a deck that spoke to him in some way or another because he wouldn't have bought it otherwise. Mm hmm gave it to you and in that exchange bestowed it with a certain level of importance. Yes. Right. And then that sort of, so maybe the way that that came about was it's an easy way for that to mean something to you, for you to find a quick connection with the deck because it was gifted to you by somebody who you already care about. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so makes sense as to why that could be, but, but it, there's nothing to say that that's the only way that you can find that connection with yeah. the deck. Yeah. You know? Um, so I definitely recommend, um, and it, it's, there's so many different guides and so many different things that I absolutely just do not have. Like we don't have enough time here for me to get into like every aspect of how yeah. to read, but just as a general sense, uh, go with what feels right. I definitely recommend, keeping your cards uh some people recommend wrapping them in silk and placing them like placing a a piece of quartz on top of it to help keep them protected and clean Mm -hmm. um you know if you have that and that's what feels right for you great um i keep mine in a little wooden box yeah and i mean that's just because that is what works right for me so i definitely recommend keeping them in some sort of protected space mine are wrapped in velvet for example Mm -hmm. which is more tactile fabric for me than silk silk is not very me no velvet is very me yeah go and that works i mean velvet's very you like the wood box very me Um, so it's it all about it's all about what works best for you but i do recommend keeping them in a safe place. Right. In this, with this, as with many things to do with intention setting and magic and all of that, you need to find something that's authentic to you. Mm -hmm. And that is a ritual to you. Right. So it's not, you know, you can Google things online, silk, rose quartz, whatever it is that you want to, that you want to do. But if it's not like, for example, obsidian is something that I work with a lot. Mm. So I have a lot of obsidian. Yeah. Um, and I have and like I, I my tarot is wrapped in velvet. 
with lots of obsidian around it because yeah. we're not trying to have them bad vibes. Yes. Sis. We're trying to have them good vibes. Exactly. Um, and so find what works to you, works for you and what's significant for you. And if you don't know what that is yet, then just fuck around till you find out. It's, yeah, it's, no, you know, I mean, you're not going to, it's not, we're not dealing with things like hoodoo here. <laughs> we're not dealing with things that can hurt you if you don't know what's going on. Um, the only way I think that tarot can do that is if you take it too literally. Yeah, definitely by taking it too literally, which is a reason why it's really difficult for me to try to read for other people. Yeah. And I'll get into a little bit of that, but I also just want to close that last bit off with, you know, keeping it protected in some way. Um, and then I personally always like to cleanse my cards with a bit Sage. of smoke. Yeah. Um, any type of smoke cleansing that you can do. After a reading, just to kind of get rid of the old energy that's there. And personally, I always thank my cards after I'm done. Yeah. Like mentally, I just kind of like put my hands on like I just hold them in my hands, you know, bottom and top. And I just kind of thank them before, you know, putting them putting them away. A Marie Kondo moment, <laughs> if you will. Yes. <laughs> um, so I have that deck that works really well for me. And I actually also picked up, um, I picked up this deck of cards when we went to Salem. They're the gypsy, witch fortune telling playing cards. I do recognize that that is a slur. Yeah. Uh, so I do recognize that, but that is the title of these cards that I, that I do own and they are fortune telling playing cards. And these are probably my second favorite. These also work really well for me. Um, and they are kind of like regular playing cards. They have your spades, clubs, and whatnot on mm -hmm. them. But um, with this particular deck of cards, these are very, um, these are much more detailed. These are actually very literal than, mm -hmm. a, than a tarot card is. And these are actually also really scarily accurate. Mm -hmm. We haven't played with this deck much. No, I don't like to because this one is like <laughs> really extremely, extremely accurate. Um, and because it gets very specific. So for example, in the, in these cards, um, you have say, for example, the seven of clubs, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's a little description here that says, and there's a picture of a bouquet of lilies and it says that the lilies forecast a happy life, but family sorrow, if surrounded by clouds lying above the person signifies virtuous life, but when under indicates immorality. Mm. So you have different meanings to this card and how you play them is there's a specific uh, spread that you use for these and you turn the cards over and then each card has a different meaning depending on its relationship to another card mm. that's around it. Um, and a lot of the times these are scarily accurate and I just don't like to listen to what they have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these are very much like a apparent deck of cards mm -hmm. and they're like this is what you need to do and i'm like nope <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm just gonna thank you for your thank service. you for your service <laughs> uh so yeah and it can be it can be really emotional um and trying to read for other people and it can be really draining emotionally which is also really difficult um the few times that i have read for other people i feel like exhausted afterwards mm -hmm. Um, and there have been a couple of instances where I've read for people and it very much tends to end up being about relationships, which is what a lot of people want to know about. Yeah. And I remember that I had one reading. I did it for a coworker and I was like, mm, well, it was heavy. <laughs> I was like, eh, 
trick Here's having. what this is, but it doesn't necessarily... It's like relationship reading and it's like tower. Mm-hmm. Swords in the back. Good. Black. And I'm you like... You know, hmm. it seems like... Uh, Death. <laughs> seems like it's going to work out. It's, you know what? Don't take uh, this it'll as... It'll resolve. A, it's literally me going, don't take this as literal. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it, it can be scary in trying to read for other people. So I wanted to also sort of curate a couple of uh, stories from other people who read. Mm-hmm. And um, there was one that I read. Uh, this woman, it, the question was posed, what is the scariest thing that has happened to you while reading tarot cards? Mm-hmm. And they say, I read for a man many years ago who immediately made my intuition tingle. The first cards I drew led me to believe that he was planning a murder. He'd driven 60 miles to get a reading when his own town had many readers. I realized that he had a terrible plan ahead and all he wanted to know was whether or not he would get away with it. He asked, saying that he had a project and it was risky, but would it work out in his benefit? No, sis. No, girl. girl. I was cautious not to let... On that I knew as I realized that this fellow was capable of heinous acts. 100%. He even asked me point blank if I knew what he was talking about. I replied that I absolutely did not. I sure don't. I'm just a simple <laughs> card reader. I'm imagining, why am I imagining like this fucking like dark, like black eyes and like pale skin uh-huh. and like fucking overcoat on and he like looks like the devil. <laughs> Absolutely. But also like a guy that I would potentially date. Uh. <laughs> it's like stormy in the background and yeah. like there's rain and he's got like wet hair and sitting at the table. Yeah. yeah but it's really scary um, instead but, of hot. Yeah. But so they were like, absolutely not. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, dude. I sure don't know. Sure don't. Um, is it a PowerPoint? Um, so they were like, <laughs> they said that they replied that they absolutely did not, but that he'd fail. That's a power move. 100%. That is a Love power that. move. I don't know what you're talking about, but you will fail. Don't know what it's talking about, but it's I, it's not going to go well. <laughs> I don't think you should. Uh, so saying that he'd fail and the results would be devastating to him. Finally, he seemed to believe me and asked if there was an alternative to which I answered that taking some legal route would be better. <laughs> I felt the shift. I was worried about many things, but managed to keep pretty cool. I bet you were worried about many things. As I realized what was at stake. They said, I didn't inform the authorities as I'd done that on a couple other occasions with negative results. I did keep tabs on the news in his town and saw nothing akin to his plan. I have no doubt that my life and that of another were in jeopardy, but it worked out. Yeah. At least we missed the news report. Mm Hmm. Absolutely. Shit like that is why, like, I don't. Could you imagine me in that situation if I was the reader? Hmm. Could you imagine if the tarot card said he would totally get away with it? And you just be like, no. They you look at it and it's like, he seem will like get it's away. Work out. I don't no, think you should. I don't, I don't think that it would work out for you, sir. As a matter of fact, we're done here. <laughs> I think but make sure to leave that tip <laughs> still because I am still a working reader. And that's yeah. another thing. A lot of people, there are a lot of beliefs that say that you should not uh, receive money. 
for your services for doing fortune telling, which I don't personally believe in. I now I don't personally read for money, but that's less of like a belief part of a belief system as it's more of like a personal like I just there's a part of me that's like in the back of my head, my saboteur who's like, you're not good enough. You can't charge people. But that tends to like go through a lot of different aspects of my life. So I, I, I don't personally believe that, but that is also another one of those, you know, beliefs mm. that are out there. So um, reading can be a little scary. So just uh, make sure that when you are reading for people that my recommendation is to just make sure that you are that the querent is clear and understanding what they are about to receive right. from you, um, that it's not an end all be all just because you get a death card does not mean that that is literal. It, you know, death can sign can be, can be many things, right? It's right? Change. It, it can be change. It can be, you know, rebirth even. Right. right. So there's a number of things that, that it can be. So it's important to make sure that when you're sitting down with someone that you are setting a, not a goal, but just clarifying the table. Yeah. Um, clarifying the space understanding like this is what we are going to try to do and and work from there mm-hmm. so um with that being said i did kind of want to are we gonna do a reading are we gonna I do a reading to do, i wanted to do I, I i i thought about what i wanted to do um and i didn't want to i didn't want to do a reading specific for you because I was like, Why, you I'm scared? not trying you to scared do... there's going to be some drama? I'm, I'm not, not scared. I don't want to do that on air. Go for it. I don't want to do that on air. Yeah, we might so, have to get specific and shit. That might be a Patreon <laughs> exclusive. Just put the, put the shit on Patreon. Uh, so what I wanted Whoa. to do... Only was... Patreon gets to hear about my dirty laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You have to pay me to see my dirty laundry, sir. What do you think this is? <laughs> so what I wanted to do... Um, was just pull up. I wanted to do just one card. Okay. For the sake of time. And, you know, if you are listening at this present moment, then just take this as a card that you need to hear. This is the, or at least these are my cards, which I don't even know if they're going to fucking work because I haven't pulled these out. It might be in a month. I might get a big fuck. This might be for you. I might get a big fuck you, honestly, from my cards. You might. Um, because I haven't pulled them out in a while, and it's like, okay, you you really gonna pull me out here? Oh, now you want me? Now you want me to do it on air? You want me to do it live? Now you want me? Oh, you want me to perform tonight? (laughs) Oh, you want me? (laughs) Ain't heard from you to perform, and uh, but okay. We haven't, they seem to be shuffling. Okay, we'll find out. I'm going to try and attempt to to do this. This is going to be interesting. Let me. All right. So they're, they might be waiting. In the mood? They might be in the mood. They might be waiting to pull one on me. So I'm going to pull a card. And the intention right now is that whoever is listening that this is something that they need to hear, that this is something that they need to see. This isn't specific to one person or one one moment, but hopefully it will relate to you in your own individual way. Sort of an if you found this message, if it's you for found you this moment. message, it's for you. Yes. And 
there go the tingles. So I will pull the top card. And we have a trump card, people. <laughs> uh, and it is River. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, nah. so another thing that I didn't get into um, is the fact that a lot of and some a lot of readers don't read um, reverse cards in a certain way. We always have. I do because, yeah, yeah. Um, so we have the star tarot here in a reversed mood. So this mood, <laughs> yes, it, it is. is. A mood. Yeah, yeah. Um, the star tarot here, and again, this is a major arcana card. So. In the reverse position, this typically means a lack of faith, despair, self-trust, um, and disconnection. So a lot of the times it can mean the opposite thing when it's upright. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to get into that because it's not, <laughs> it's not upright for us. But uh, the reverse star can mean that you've lost faith and hope in the universe. You may be feeling overwhelmed by life's challenges right now and questioning why you are being put through this. You know life throws curveballs, but really? Why this and why now? You may be desperately calling out to the universe to give you some reprieve, but struggling to see how the divine is on your side. Look harder and you will see it. The divine is always there. Take a moment to ask yourself what the deeper life lesson is and how this is a blessing not a punishment. And often the reverse star is a test of faith. When confronted with a challenging situation, you can either crumble like the tower or stand firm in your conviction that the divine is everywhere. You will also learn how to trust not only in the universe, but also in yourself. You are a vessel for the divine. And when you have faith and confidence in yourself, you allow the divine to shine through. The star reversed also shows that you are disengaged and uninspired with life or components of your life. So, for example, things in work, hobbies, relationships, personal projects. Perhaps you started out with great vision and enthusiasm, but you are now finding yourself overwhelmed by day-to-day -day routines that are boring and dreary. This card is particularly relevant for career readings when you feel disconnected from the work you do and wonder if it's time to move on or make a change. Reconnect to what is truly important to you and your soul's purpose for this lifetime. Align your daily life with this purpose and you will find new sources of inspiration. The Reverse Star urges you to take time out for self-care and nourishment on a deeply personal and spiritual level. Your energy reserves may be well and truly depleted, so rather than pushing yourself even further, make time just for you. Whether it's setting aside personal time, getting a massage, or reconnecting to any of your daily spiritual practices, you know, drawing a warm bath for yourself, whatever it takes to nurture your spirit and reconnect with your inner essence. Being near water or engaging in a purification ritual will help to nourish you on a deeper level. And that was an ex uh, an excerpt from uh, biddytarot.com, who was a great resource for 
um, understanding card symbology because there's a lot that goes on in these cards and there's lots of pictures and lots of symbols and it's impossible to really know all of this. So that's also a great re resource if you're into reading tarot, um, but very relevant. <laughs> um, very and cool. if you look at the and if you look at the card, um, the star itself, you can search a Google image. You can search the image of it, but you have um, you have someone who is here. They are kind of in between two spaces. So they are they have one knee on the ground in the earth. And then they have their foot and they're sort of kneeling in the water. So one on earth, one in water. And they have two water pitchers and one is emptying water into the puddle and then one is emptying it into the grass. Um, and then you have a huge star and then there are seven um, individual stars surrounding it. But overall, this is um, this is a really naturally a really positive card. It's not one that typically has a lot of negative connotations with it. So, well, it sounds like tough times, but take care of yourself, practice self-love, hang in there yeah. and better days will come. Exactly. Which, you know, 2020, 2020 is anybody surprised? 20, Certainly 20, not. I Betty. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for our reading. You are welcome. Sir. You're very welcome. I am extremely tired. <laughs> <laughs> there's this meme that goes around where it's like uh it's um talks about doing the bare minimum and it's a video of oh gosh what's her name she's an actress she does that um gloop who who is oh gwyneth paltrow gwyneth paltrow it's gwyneth Goop. paltrow and she's like in the mirror and she just puts on like a layer of chapstick and she's like that's it ready for bed <laughs> <laughs> so the meme is like you're doing all the bit when you're doing the bare minimum at work. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's pretty much it. So I think I think there are quite a few of us that are there. Yeah. So Well, thank you for that. That was very interesting. Thanks for being vulnerable with us today. Yeah, it was very cool. And I know good and damn well that we have some very accomplished, very experienced tarot readers in our audience. So definitely um, don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that. But also, um, you know, we would love to hear about your uh, experience in working with tarot. If you have like an yeah. interesting story um, from, you know, reading or if you have an interesting perspective that you want to share with us, you can always reach out to us at the haunted heart podcast at gmail.com. If you shoot us an email, um, we're guaranteed to see your message. Um, a lot of people sometimes reach out on Facebook. It's a little dicey, but mm -hmm. we're trying to get better, um, with that. But the messages go to like a different sort of inbox. It's just a lot easier. If you, if you want to be sure that we see your message, send us an email. I know it's old school, but like do it yeah, um do it and that way we can definitely see it and get back to you also we have our facebook group the haunted heart podcast if you just search that on facebook it'll bring up the group it is a secret group um a you don't secret group well i don't think it's so you can search for it and you can find it but it's private so that you know your friends and family won't necessarily be able to see what Judge you're posting you. right um so it is you know for everybody's privacy it is a private group but if you do request to join either kenny myself or a member of our murder mod squad will approve you and mm -hmm. then you can chat with us about different you know spooky topics and things like that but um i would encourage you guys in the group to share your experiences with tarot if you have any and your interests and if you have questions too you know it's a we have a really vibrant 
uh, community with lots of practitioners of different sorts of practices. And so if you have questions about things, feel free, you know, let that be a space, um, a safe space for you to ask questions and learn things and explore things. We are also, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, we're on Patreon. So if you would like to support the show, uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, it's patreon.com slash the haunted heart podcast. And we are also on Twitter at the haunted heart and on Instagram at the haunted heart podcast. So I think that's all of our housekeeping. Yes. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. All of our housekeeping. So all that is left for us to do is to bid you well, to remind you to take care of yourself, mm-hmm. practice your self-love, get through the rest of 2020. And until next time, make damn sure that you stay, stay spooky. spooky.